0: Hey family, happy Friday. It's great to be with you once again. I hope you're doing well, that you have had a good week, you're staying healthy, active, connected. We have made it to the end of this week together, so here is a celebratory Friday high five for you. Today is April 3rd, and I cannot think of a better way to end the week than to be gathered with each of you to hear from God's Word, be held in His grace, and strengthened in our faith. So as we begin our time together, will you pray with me? Almighty God, you gave your only begotten Son to take our nature upon himself. Grant that we, your children, adopted by your grace, may daily be renewed by your Holy Spirit. Bless this time that we have together in your word. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We are continuing our Friday series through the Gospel of Mark, looking at the real Jesus. Today our text is Mark chapter 10, verses 32 through 45, and we are blessed to hear from Pastor Jim Hankel.
1: Our series, The Real Jesus, continues with a word from Mark 10. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. What do you want me to do for you, he asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. You don't know what you are asking, Jesus said. Can you drink the cup I drink? It's my right. That phrase has become a mantra in our culture. It's my right to switch dorms if I don't like my roommate. It's my right to make decisions about the baby inside of my body. It's my right to sleep with whomever makes me happy. That insistence on rights may have been just as familiar in the time of the disciples as it is in our time. James and John seem to not just make a request, but even have an assumption of rights, They had been among the original 12 to watch Jesus' miracles. They were even among the select three to witness his transfiguration. If any of the disciples had the right to sit at either side of him in his glory, it would have been James and John. Perhaps they asked even before the other disciples would assert their rights. But Jesus' response had nothing to do with rights. My son learned something about rights and roles as a baseball pitcher. He spent his entire collegiate career pitching for the same team and even serving as its captain. And during his last year, there may have been a sense of rights. You know, it it would have been his right to pitch in some of the biggest games or to relieve in some of the key moments But he didn't have that experience. There were pitchers that threw harder than he did. There were others that located better than he did. And he had a different role. That role was to bring the team together, to motivate the guys no matter the circumstance, to help his teammates understand what it is that the coach was trying to accomplish. And it was the experience of that role more than the insistence on the rights that made a difference. That's the sense we get from Jesus, because he responds to James and John by asking a question about role. Can you drink the cup that I drink? The cup is a metaphorical reference to the punishment that Jesus will endure for our sin. And his question of them is, will that be your role? Are you able to do that? And they are so consumed by their desire for glory, they believe they could. And they would be pleased to take that role. But Jesus goes even further. There's a phrase that is overlooked in this passage. Jesus expresses that the positions on his right and left are not for him to grant but are for those for whom they have been prepared. The indication is that it is the role of someone else to put people in those positions. That would be his father. His father's role is uh, to select those who might be in those positions, to know the timing of the last day, to bring about that expression of glory. Jesus' role is to drink the cup. endure the hardship, to suffer the punishment. And you never hear him insist on his rights, that he would have the right to remain in heaven and not deal with the people of earth, that he would have the right uh, to be honored and worshiped rather than mocked and vilified as he hung there on that cross. It was not his insistence on rights, uh, but his embrace of the role that made all the difference for us that saved us. And that is an emphasis that we find in the midst of this pandemic. Though we are part of a culture uh, that highlights that phrase, it's my right, we're experiencing a transition from the emphasis on rights to roles. It may be my right uh, to drive to any state that I want, It may be my right to sit and eat at a restaurant. It may be my right to hang out with my friends. But that ought not be my role. Uh, My role needs to be to stay at home uh, and and to not spread the virus. And and that emphasis on role over rights is a different one in our culture. It's not one that, that people expect. Jesus even references that with the disciples when he declares the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. They insist on their rights. They want to be regarded and have people treat them a particular way, but not so with you. That even though that may be the way of the world, it is not the manner of the kingdom. There, the emphasis is on roles the manner in which we serve others even as we have been served, in which we forgive others even as we have been forgiven, because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That distinction between rights and roles is so meaningful and valuable, not just in our culture, but throughout Scripture. It is a reminder to us that the phrase, "'It's my right,' is not nearly as important as the phrase, it's his role. Because that's what made all the difference for us. In his name and for his name's sake. Amen.
0: It can be tough to honestly reflect on Jesus' words and apply them to us. They make us well aware of our sin and how much we may not even notice how turned in on ourselves we are. I invite you to join in singing the song This Dust, written by one of our own alum, Kip Fox, as we confess to God our sin-riddled lives and lean into the love and mercy He gives through a Savior who would come to us, drink the cup, and redeem us. For He indeed washes away all our sin and reigns over us with mercy.
2: Lord, have mercy on me, I am riddled with the world's disease, I'm taking what I want and turning it into to come. Empty is the grave, death is all around us, we're not afraid, written in story, empty is
0: Almighty God, we thank you that in Jesus you forgive us all our sins. By your Holy Spirit, equip us to be less concerned with the rights we desire to cling to and claim, and instead to step faithfully into the roles that you have for us in this world. That our lives would be conduits of your mercy and your grace to those in our family, our communities, and to the ends of the world. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, that brings us to the end of another week. I look forward to getting together with you again on Monday. Until then, the Lord Almighty bless you and direct your days and your deeds in his peace. Amen.